Hi, and welcome to this bonus podcast uh, brought to you by bet.co.za. Um, we have tried a couple with the rugby championship, and I know Tyler and Cooks have been in, involved with a few. And this week, Jared and I get to uh, chat about the South Africa versus Australia. In Australia, round three of the rugby champs. Jared, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for you, Sean. Uh, good to be back on the podcast again, uh, just after a little break. Yeah, uh, you have been you have been off for a bit. How was the trip and the travel? You want to fill everyone in with what's cracking? Yeah, well, uh, trip and the travel was the was the easy part, I suppose. Uh, getting settled in here in the UK and uh, yeah, getting ready to leave was the was the difficult part. So yeah, here safely now and sort of moved over here permanently. So yeah, okay. I'm new addition to the SAF as a broader. I can put it that way. Yes. And and you're officially our very first Sapphires abroad on the show. Can you believe it? Who would yeah. have thought that? <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we're going to jump straight into it. We're going to make this uh, as short as possible. Um, but, you know, it's awesome talking rugby, but hopefully we won't go ramble too much longer like I'm currently doing. But just a quick little oversight into Australia versus uh, South Africa. So... Th- in, in total, they've played 41 times. The uh, Springboks have won 12 and lost 27. There's been two draws. Um, the Wallabies have scored a whopping 900 points. We've only scored 685. We've conceded 91 tries and only scored 80. The, um, the biggest win that we had away was in Brisbane in 2013 um, by 26 points. It was 38-12. I actually, I actually don't recall that game. I'm gonna have to go and Google, uh, go pick it up on YouTube. Ask Dave. Uh, so uh, Dave's Dave's a champion YouTube. He's picking up all these old games. I might have to ask him for some pointers. No, I'm, I'm sure he can help you out. But uh, you do need to clarify there that uh, it is in Australia. All those stats. So yeah, I, th- I think our record uh, when you come back in South Africa is uh, is a bit of a different story. So oh. I think I think it sort of flips on its head, but. Uh, yeah, yes. that, that's also that 2013 win was also the last time we won in Australia, is it not? Well, uh, the, yes, the, the, last we time actually, was, the last time we won was in 2013. In, in, so I don't know yeah, if we played twice that year. No, no, we yeah. only played once. We played home and away. So yeah, my apologies. So all the stats I, I did rattle off are all all South Africa Springboks versus Wallabies in Australia. So played 41. The books have won 12. They've drawn two. Um, Points four six eighty five against nine hundred, um, tries four eighty, uh, tries against ninety one. That uh, that win uh, was actually incidentally our biggest win in Australia in Brisbane in twenty thirteen. We um, won thirty eight twelve, but that was actually off the back of a win in Australia the year before. So we actually won twice in a row in Australia, but before that was also a long Wallaby win streak uh, on home soil. So. Um, they they're pretty dominant there, and I think you know we all got burnt last last year. We were I've never seen uh, Springbok fans so sure we're gonna we're gonna cook the Wallabies at home in two tests, and I did last year, and we didn't. So it's quite yeah, something. Uh, I I think uh, we didn't quite understand the the international landscape having not played since since the World Cup. So I think that must be factored in. Plus the fact that uh the guys were in lockdowns and bubbles and you know it, it was a new era for for the sporting world nobody sort of knew what was going on and it affected performances across the board um, yeah, across, yeah. And, across and all we, sports yes it did uh we also ran into a wallaby side that really picked us to to win um karevi uh, was cooking Hooper was cooking, so so yeah. yeah. And then just a little something, they, yeah, yeah. They they also have a attack coach that uh, sort of the one attack coach that's been able to pick apart the box quite uh, quite regularly. I mean, over those two yeah. tests, they scored quite a few tries, and yeah, that the last game we played against them, what's it, thirteen points, thirteen point difference. Yeah, yes, not yes. many times are the box going to go down like that against the Wallabies. No, I reckon. no. So Craig Gray popped something on social. Um, so since the game went professional in 96, the Bucks have won four of the 29 tests against the Wallabies in Australia. It's been nine long years since the Bucks 
last success in Down Under, and that was a 38-12 uh, bonus point victory in Brisbane. But in, uh, interestingly enough, um, Jared, like you, you talk about that massive win that the Wallabies had in the last game last year, 30-17. I mean, that was big. And, and again, that's us coming off a two-point loss the week before. We really didn't see mm. that coming, that 30-17. We really... You know, we 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 kind of we kind of took it, but you know, if you have a look at if you ever look at like the results, uh, I mean, the last what seven? I think I've got over here. It was twenty four twenty three to Australia, twenty four twenty, twenty three seventeen, twenty three all, twenty three eighteen, twenty eight twenty six, and then we had the thirty seventeen blowout. So, I mean, it's quite something. Um, you know, they, they're strong yeah, well, at home. One one game out of all of those is uh, not uh, is outside of a converted score. So yeah, we sort of forget how difficult it is to play against Australia in Australia. Um, yeah, that, uh, they spoke to France Stein and Luit Diaga this weekend. Neither of them could quite pinpoint why Australia is so difficult to beat at home for the Springboks. It's just one of those hurdles that they can't seem to to get over. Um, I see a lot of people have mentioned that like we often play against New Zealand first or uh, we so hyped up to play against New Zealand that we like Australia isn't as much of a rivalry, but I don't, I don't think that's quite that. I just think that uh, Australians sort of, they come out of a test series against the All Blacks and start finding their feet. And yeah, thankfully we've got a, we've got a new TRC, um, fixture list this year and it's not just the same thing over and over again that uh, we start against Argentina Australia start against New Zealand and then we play against Australia and then New Zealand so I I, I quite like this fixture list I'm not sure what you think Sean the mini series and and all I love it I absolutely love it Um, the way I see it happening next next year will you know it'll switch around. We'll play the All Blacks twice over there. We'll play the Wallabies twice over here and probably home and away for Argentina. I think that's how we're probably going to be looking. But these, these no, tours... Uh, next year, we only have... Uh, we have a shortened rugby championship because of it's a World Cup year, hey? Yeah, so we'll oh, only have the, the one fixture. <laughs> yeah, it's the second time I've yeah. forgotten about it. But, but then but, but, Do you know what, say? We, 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 we lost that year in 2020. I, it's, I keep... Getting reminded about it this uh, last two weeks is that we've lost that 2020. We lost a whole test season, and you sort of um, it, it still plays in your mind. It doesn't feel like it's a World Cup next year. It really doesn't. Uh, yeah, it might yeah. be different for for an Ireland fan or a New Zealand fan that's played the whole cycle, but that 13, 14 test that we lost has impacted us in our thinking and not just uh, our book team kind of thing. Yeah, so let's venture off now um, the rugby championship quickly. But so we we lost thirteen, maybe fourteen tests. I can't remember offhand, but let's go with thirteen. So we lost thirteen tests in our World Cup cycle, and we've been struggling to make that up. And the fact that we won, um, beat the Lions, is is quite remarkable. Um, the fact that that we did quite a lot um, in in that year was 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 awesome. But it brings me to. Basically, it was announced recently that we are playing, the South African A-side are playing Munster. And Jay, you and I were chatting about it and just kind of feeling it out. So this November tour is really shaping up nicely to, to what, a, a 42-man squad, you reckon? Yeah, I, I think it will be a 42-man squad. Um, I hope it will be a 42-man squad. But uh, we could also see Jacques like, really test his squad depth and use it as like a a little mini World Cup and you, know, you go to World Cup with 33 players so you might look at going just a little bit over 38 or, or something like that but, mm. but yeah, ho- hopefully we have quite a big squad and yeah, you know, I, I don't think um, the, the results of those games will matter too much to the coaches uh, just putting it out there already in case we have a little hiccup but uh, I, I, I think they'll be they'll be hoping that uh, they can see guys perform within the system and show that they can play the Springbok way. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm very excited for it. I hope we can uh, pick up a young scr- uh, Flahoff or get Johan Corson on in those games. And yeah, I think Flahoff's a, a a position where we would really want to test ourselves in the, in those two games. Yeah. 
Yeah. So just to quickly give the November fixture. So the 5th of November, our first test is against Ireland in Dublin. Okay, that's massive. Then the 10th of November yeah. is a Thursday. We play Munster. The 12th of November, yeah. Saturday, we have a test against France in Marseille. Then the massive. 17th of November, our SA Select side or the SAA side will play Bristol. And that's a Thursday. The Saturday, we play Italy. And then the following week, we play England in the final game of our tour. But it's important to remember that that is outside the test window. So Ninaba and co have done flipping well to, to get games in there because basically the guys that are going to be playing in, in, uh, in, against Munster and Bristol are essentially fighting for a test place against England on the 26th of November. Yeah, you would think so. Hey? Um, you would think we would use a largely South African-based uh, with some of the Japan guys going in for those games. And what I quite like about those two games that they've picked out is they Bristol's a very um, attacking flair team and um, Munster's a very forwards-dominated team. So we get uh, a bit of a bit of testing from both of them. So mm. much like uh, much like uh, Australia will take us on in the backs um bristol will do the same and yeah we get a bit of a, a nasty pack in in munster munster will always bring a, a nasty pack whether it's their second string or their first string boys and they're also and they're playing in cork which is well it's going to be signed well, off soon suppose. but they yes yeah. but playing in cork is going to be is going to be quite big and quite significant as well so they'll be quite awesome but just just so we, we've got two tests against australia we've got two tests against Argentina. And then we have Ireland, France, Italy, England with Munster and Bristol in between. We're going to basically be testing our squad depth and, and seeing who's going to put their hand up in all, in all six of those matches. Then next year, we will have June tests. Will we have June? Uh, I'm the, I don't think so. I think we will have the rugby championship, and then uh, we will have um your international friendlies. So like yeah. we the friendlies in will, will we, move before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So we played Argentina and uh, Japan before the last World Cup. Uh, we got that game yeah. in in Japan against Japan. So, so we got. I wouldn't be surprised if we try sort one of those where we play Ireland in Ireland or something like that. Uh, yeah. So we've got four we got four tests left in the rugby championship. We have four test matches in November, okay? And then we have three um, matches in the rugby championship, which is 12, and then obviously any of the friendlies. So we don't have a hell of a lot of games left, but we've got enough to enough time to work things around a little bit. Yeah, so what 14 tests? Well, matches not really tests we got about 14 matches at least to to prepare for the and World then Cup, and then additional scary friendlies. thought if you think about it yeah yeah, yeah. and we've got so, additional uh, friendlies coming up so it's fine so yeah yeah I, I think for a lot of guys um especially someone like joseph Dueva this weekend it's a very important test match for him um it, the the springbok coaches will want to make a decision on him sooner rather than later and yeah, when it comes to Argentina and we have guys like Reinhard Alstadt and uh, Evan Royce getting an opportunity, um, I think it's do or die for a lot of the players. Yeah. The thing is, is I, regardless, regardless of what happens, um, and everyone's talking about Joseph Dweber, um, but regardless of what happens, he is still going to be in a much, he'll be a much better player come November whether he travels or not, but I suspect he will. And he will be, be a much better player next year because he's going to get a hell of a lot more game time at the Stormers. So we've got a, we are building a, a great um, foundation. And you know, I have mentioned in the past, but the guys, you almost can see Ninaba and the assistant coaches and everyone and Russi all looking ahead to post-2023 Rugby World Cup. There's 2024 and, and, and beyond has already been planned for. So... You know, there will be yeah. movers and shakers. Um, the guys that miss out on the World Cup this year, unless they, they age out, are all going to be um, massively in the mix come 2024. So, you know, there's still a lot to play for. You, you still want to be a team man. Um, if you miss out on the World yeah. Cup, it's disappointing, but you don't want to do something so bad that, that you, you're not welcome back in 2024, you know? 
Well, I sort of um, also think about Dweber's uh, situation at the moment um, and think back, I think it was 2018 when, uh, yeah, it was 2018 when Rassi had taken over and we went to Australia and um, Bongi had what a poor game in Australia and he was substituted in like the 36 minutes right after, um, I think he overthrew a line out and Australia scored and Marks mm. came on right afterwards. And yeah, there was cause for Bongi to be dropped at that stage as well. and the pork coaches persevered with him and uh yeah you know now he's one of the best hookers in the world if not the best hooker in the world you can yeah you know a lot of people disagree with that one and shout malcolm marks at the top of their lungs but uh there's really not much uh splitting the two of them if you ask any international coach if they would have bongi and wanambi in their starting lineup they would jump at the opportunity yeah yeah and uh, also remember the uh uh, Rassi Erasmus was also slated for pulling him off before halftime. So I think um, yeah. the coaching staff and the players all basically said to the fans, you know, we do know what we're doing. We'll, we'll sort it out. But yeah. we had a nice, nice little chat. We digress. Um, I think we're going to jump That's straight always. into... Yeah, it's so good talking rugby, man. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to jump straight into, into the Wallaby side. I'm just going to quickly go through the Wallaby side and, and get your thoughts on it. Um, so uh, up front, the front row, we've got Slipper, Fanga, and Alatoa. Um, pretty standard as 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 and what we'd expect. Yeah, I, I think so. Hey, um, I think they were smart uh, bringing Alatoa back into the starting lineup and uh, have him go at, at Ox. He's quite an experienced head, and well, you've got a ton of experience with him and Slipper in the front row, and it's a full Brumbies front row, which will only do well for them. They're, they're, it's a hell of a strong pack, as we know. Mm, mm, so I, I, mm. think they've, I think they've done well in that sense. And having Tupo and Sio on the bench with Pereki is, is no laughing matter either. So they want to try to fuse the bomb squad with, that, with those guys. Yeah, yeah. Pretty decent front row starting and bench. Okay, locks. Rory Arnold, Matt Phillips starting. And then on the bench, I got Darcy Swain. Yeah, uh, I was quite surprised that they they dropped Swain to the bench, but uh, yeah, I, I, like I say, I think uh, Rennie's trying to um, negate the bomb squad as much as as much as he can, and putting Rob Luota on the bench as well. He's also a bit of a lock blindside kind of mm. Frank Wostert uh, player, so I, I see the sense in that. I was quite interested mm. overall that they've gone for a six-two uh, split. Yes, very interesting. Okay, so the Lucys, they've got Jed Holloway, Fraser McWright, Rob Valentini, uh, and then on the bench, they've got Rob Leota, Pete Samu. Yeah, again, uh, uh, no surprises really. Um, Valentini, I, I haven't been a big fan of him, but he's actually stepped up uh, this season for the Wallabies and he looks a, he looks a proper solid player. I, don't I didn't rate him too much as an eight. I thought he could do it as a blind side, but uh, again, it's they've gone quite heavy in getting Bellatini and Holloway in the starting lineup. Um, and yeah, McRat stepped up in in the absence of Michael Hooper, which is sad that he's not playing. Yeah, but at least uh, at least they got options. You know, life after hoops is important, and uh, obviously, it's great that the pressure is not on hoops for him to come back too soon. You know, um, which is which is awesome. Um, okay, so the halfbacks we've got Nick White and Noel Lalasia. I, I must be honest, I didn't I didn't expect anything else. I didn't think that the Iceman was gonna get a, a, a ship straight in at ten. Um how you think Lalasia has been doing? Yeah, um I, I was quite surprised that they moved away from Lalasio um in the last test match against uh, Argentina. I thought when Cooper went down, they would go straight back to him because uh, he, had, he had quite a good series against England. I don't think he was too bad. I think Australia struggled with injuries overall and it sort of came apart for them. But uh, yeah, he looked quite solid. But they obviously feel that uh, they need a veteran head um, to marshal that back line. And yeah, it's another big test match for him. And he's, he's a hell of a talent. Um, so yeah, yes. I think he can be a big threat to us. Very, uh, it's a massive call. I, I also feel because um, it's a, a massive boost of confidence. They've gone for a six-two split, so they don't have a out and out ten. So essentially, what Rennie's saying is, uh, no, you're going to be playing a full game, mate. So 
you know, he's brought that trust back in after dropping him after that real poor, poor run of form he had. Um, so that's great. On the bench, Tate McDermott's at nine. Um, McDermott hasn't quite got into that form that earned his first Wallaby call-up. And there is quite a noticeable difference when White goes off um, at the moment. Um, so you feel McDermott's um, going to feel a little bit more under pressure now that uh, Kerr Barlow's announced that he's super keen to play for the Wallabies? Yeah, I, I think the Kerr Barlow situation is going to be a bit of a difficult one if Rennie's going to get it right. He did say that uh, if there's an injury, he might uh, sort of, call it in and try get around the ghetto law because uh that's that's the biggest issue around that is um he's playing in france he doesn't have a contract in australia and he doesn't meet the criteria so yeah it's a, it's a long shot for to get him in but uh yeah when there's a when there's a well there's a way but uh but listen uh, overall honestly Mac, if if tkb um signs a short-term contract with the flippin' force for super rugby next year he will be eligible. So I don't know when yes. his contract at La Rochelle runs out, but you know he could make a move back to Super Rugby for a while. Even if it's a, if it's a long-term contract, he could hang around there, and then obviously it's close to home. But then if it's a short-term contract, that opens up France again after the World Cup and Japan. So he, he, I, I, the only thing I don't know is when his contract ends at La Rochelle. But and it's not be massively out of the question. Trying to hold on to him. Yeah. Yeah, the Larry Shaw looking to hold on to him. That's that's the biggest uh, thing with him is that uh, there is a, as you say, there's a notable drop when uh, you go to McDermott away from um, Nick Watt. It's the same thing with Larry Shaw um, with Kerbala and without Kerbala. They won mm-hmm. the Champions Cup final without him, but that youngster played out of his skin. And yeah, maybe he's ready to take the step up this season and. La Rochelle might be a little bit more inclined to let uh, Kerbala go, but I, I'm not convinced. Maybe TKB is busy with contract negotiations and he's just dropped that in to boost the price a little. <laughs> yeah, possibly. It's, uh, it's possibly. Done. Okay, yeah. so. And, but overall, I, I don't think McDermott's a bad player. I think uh, he's just having that uh, second season blues, much like uh, Herschel Yankees. Like, Yankees mm. isn't a bad player. We know this. He's, you've seen what he can do. He just sort of needs a bit more time in the saddle and just needs to get his confidence back, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll go to the midfield and then we'll go to the back three. So, midfield, we've got Hunter Paisami and Len Ikita. That's a, that's a great midfield pairing for the Wallabies. Yeah, but it's an incredible midfield pairing considering the fact that they've lost Salma Karevi. Um, Hans Basami isn't uh, quite at the same level. Not many players are, but uh, yeah, at least uh, Australians, I think, would be quite um, comfortable in the fact of him marking Damien Darlander. He's a mm. big hitter. Yes, he um, is. And then, but that, that midfield yeah, gonna, it's going to be awesome. The youngsters against uh, the, the book bomb squad of uh, of of Delendi and, and Lukanya. No, for sure. And I, I think Len Ikital, uh, yeah, I want to put it in, uh, it's the best way I can think of it, but uh, Ikital sort of in that uh, Lukanya um, 2018 stage where he, he's like not as highly rated by the rest of the public as he is in um, Australia kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he, he's a bit underrated in that sense. I, th- I think he's a hell of a player and he tossed shit the last time. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, he's another player I think we really have to keep an eye on. And uh, Lucanio hopefully can play the whole game at 13 so, so he can mark him. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, we can chat about this at another time, but I have kind of interesting thoughts of... Uh, our second game against the All Blacks and what we try to achieve, what happened, and all that sort of stuff. I think it'll. I think what it did is it it helped us see a lot more, see where we need to work on. I think it'll do us well in the future. It just sucks losing to the All Blacks, but anyway, I digress sure. yet again. Um, okay, left wing Marika Korobetti, right wing Tom Wright, and fullback Reese Hodge. Now. All I'm going to say is I hope Reese Hodge doesn't all of a sudden get his kicking boots ready against the Springboks. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, I hope I hope he's misfiring again. But uh, Matt, it's it's very interesting that uh, we've got France staying in the bench, and I I wonder if it's uh, a little bit to negate Reese Hodge's uh, 
booming boot in the latter stages of the game. Like Damian Willems does have quite a bit of distance on his boot, but yeah, it, it doesn't quite compare to, to Rhys Hodge or Francois Stein. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the only player we haven't mentioned is player 23. It's Andrew Kellaway. Um, he's definitely there to cover wing and, and fullback. Um, there'll be some interesting stuff moved around. Ten options for them. They've got Rhys Hodge you can play at ten. And then worst case scenario, they're going to they're gonna have to put Nick White at ten. Yeah, uh, Ikitao is a bit of a playmaking uh, 13, so I think he could slip in there like an emergency. A lot of Australian, yeah, you know, you have those Australian utility backs that uh, they start off at uh, 10 and they move into the midfield. And mm. um, So, yeah, I, I think Kellaway also played a bit of um, 13 this year in Super Rugby, did he not? Yes, I, I was going to say that... But, uh, I was going to say that he could cover 13, but I, I thought I, I doubted myself. But I, I do recall him playing 13, but uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, this is the first time this year, uh, or maybe the first time under Dave Rennie, I can't remember, but it's the first time definitely this year that the Wallabies have announced a side where there are no new caps. Uh, that's quite possible, I think. Uh I think you might be right. Well, I know it's definitely it's definitely this year. I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah. know how much further, but it's the first time they've announced a, a, a side. I mean, it's only been two games this year, so. Um, but it, it's it's quite funny. He's made uh, six changes, and it almost looks like quite a settled uh, team, which is a yeah. bit of a contradiction in 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 itself. But uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, if you look at the combinations, you got your Brumbies front row, Arnold and Philip, or. Quite experienced. Philip doesn't have, uh, they don't have that many caps, but they played in France, they've played in Australia, they've played in South Africa with, with Super Rugby, that kind of things. Um, Fraser McRath's an up and comer. I, I still I rate him very highly. And uh, yeah, but I think it's a, a nice thing that uh, Hooper isn't playing this game is that Australia get to see what's, what's next and what, who's after Hooper kind of thing. I, I think it's yeah, important yeah. for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think they've got quite a uh, um, it's quite a decent side. Like after watching what they did in in Argentina and seeing all their injuries and then they and then Dave Rennie names this side, I was like, "Sheesh, I didn't I didn't see that coming." Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I th- we sort of glazed over Marika Corombetti playing on the wing, but uh him going up against um Warwick Halant will give the Springboks a hell of a lot of answers whether Halant is a option at 14 or if he's just an option at 15 for the Hawks. I mean, yeah. as as test wingers go, Marika Corabetti is right up there with best them. You rate him alongside uh, Makazole and Josh Adams on the left, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about Galant, let's let's jump into the Springboks. So, um, front row: Oxen Chair, Joe Dweber, France Malherber on the bench. Malcolm Mark, Stephen Kitzel, Vincent Koch. Let's just chat about that. The, the starting front row. Were, were you surprised to see Dweber start? I, I wasn't. Um, I, I thought they would give him another go at least. Um, I, I, I think he's. I think he is treading on thin ice, though. That uh, they will say to him, "Listen, it's uh, maybe if it's not really the fact, but uh, they will say to him, it's like do or die now, and uh, time to get uh, things right." So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not overly surprised that he's there. I'm. Uh, I'm somewhat surprised that Ox is there. Just I thought that Trevor might come back into the team. But it, I don't think mm-hmm. it would have been a performance-based dropping for me if uh, they dropped Ox. It would have just been a rotation. But uh, I'm glad he's he's getting another opportunity. Yeah, I think I think they um, I think Inche is also starting because Dweber's starting. I, I really thought that we would see Dweber get a between eighty and say ninety minutes of rugby in these two tests. Um, and I and I did suspect he would start one, but I wasn't surprised that he that he started. Now it really it didn't phase me too much. The the Springbok selectors and coaches have, have clearly got something they want to see and want to see what what he does with it. Um, but yeah, it, and, it, and I, I have no problem with it. That's the one thing is I don't have an issue with it. A lot of people have a massive issue no. with it. I don't. You see, the thing is, is that you, Malcolm Masks is what uh, he's got over fifty test caps, and they all know that. Malcolm Marks can play a full 80 minutes of test rugby if he really had to. Like if we really had to say Marks go out there and you've got a full game, he'd be able to do it. 
So if you have yeah. him on the bench and Dweber is uh, having a shocker or he's like uh, ran his tank empty after 30 minutes or 40 minutes, you, you know Marx is going to give you 100% for whatever time's left on the clock. Mm, mm. So I, 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 I bench is there to, um, to provide an impact and be the bomb squad, but they've also got that uh, it's almost like a, a very great insurance policy with no um, excess payments kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I must be honest, I have no problem with it. I think, I mean, we could always argue that Mark should be starting, but, you know, I, if anything, like those people are like, oh, but he, he's like the best player in the world, he must start. If anything, if the Springbok coaches from, from Rassi Erasmus, when he, play, uh, when he took over to Jacques Ninovo, if they've shown you anything, it's, we don't have a your first choice, your second choice, and if you're the best, you start. They have, they have their own plans and, and their own things going on. Mm. So don't have an issue. Um, I'm looking forward. I, I do think Dweber is going to be significantly better along with Dwayne. Um, I, I don't think they won't be. But let's jump into the locks. So we've got Eben um, Etzebeth and Lua Tiago. They, they're starting four and five. No surprises there. And then on the bench, we've got uh, Franco Mostert. So we've gone for a 5-3. Um, Aussies have gone for a 6-2. Uh, you know, everyone's having kittens about us going for a 5-3 after moaning that we had a 6-2. But um, <laughs> even Etzebeth, Lurte, Yaga, um, you know, nothing really you need, <laughs> we really need to talk about. And Franco Morstead, we've got yeah. great options there for the side of the scrum and, and at lock. Yeah, well, you, you just need to read out their names and then we can pretty much move on to the next topic. I mean, they... Okay literally speak for themselves but uh the, the one thing i will add to it is that uh out of those three locks if you picked any of the combinations of those three locks you wouldn't be upset if they were starting a test match like if franco Bosset no. was playing instead of Irben and luet moved to the number four lock you wouldn't have an issue yeah. it would just be carry on uh, let's see what and goes you, and you wouldn't have an issue if it was Irben and luet and then franco on the side of the scrum and peter steph on the bench you also wouldn't have an issue yeah it's it's bonkers. No, not wrong. Okay. And uh, the one thing, I, I do see people moaning that Evans uh, sort of uh, playing too many test matches and he's racking up the minutes. He's the only one to feature in every test so far this year, I think. Him and Marks. But uh, yeah, he came out and he said, no, he wants to play every test for the Springboks and I'm not going to argue with him. I don't know if you want to. <laughs> yeah. We, we all know that uh, about players, but that's also, it's the perfect, thing to show people when you say this is why we, we we have other people doing player management because the guy would play himself into the ground so sometimes you you've just got to say listen take a break but before i pick an argument with the biggest man with the biggest muscles in the world i'm gonna move on to our, our loose our loose our loose trio which i nearly got that wrong so we've got uh captain fantastic seer um at six we've got peter Steph to toy on the side and we've got Dwayne back at eight um now, starting again, just so everyone knows, it's one of the, the, the stats that I absolutely love is Dwayne Vermeulen has only ever started for the Springboks. He has never, ever come off the bench. I'm glad that that keeps going. I also don't have an issue with him playing again. Um, your thoughts on it? Oh, sorry. And the other thing is we've got Kwaka Smith on the bench and, and Franku can also play um, on, on the side of the scrum, but Kwaka can, can cover any of the back three. But um, on, on Dwayne, um, you, you, you have any issues with him starting? I don't. Um, like, like I say, it's the same sort of situation with, uh, with Dweber in the sense that if um, Dwayne's, we saw Dwayne emptied his tank quite quickly and he wasn't quite at the paces against the, the All Blacks, which is okay. Well, you don't really want to do it against the All Blacks, but we don't really have a choice. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, if they want to make another substitution in 35 minutes or 40 minutes and bring Quacha on, you know, I'm a big fan of Quacha, so I'm happy if they do that. Um, even if Quacha has to come on the wing, I'm happy with that too. We can play him at centre. Uh, but yeah, you asked me about Dwayne. Um, I'm happy to see him back. Um, yeah, he adds so much value to to our back row, even if it's uh, he, he's not fully fit. And yeah, just another stat to throw out there it's only the second time that we've had our 2019 rugby world cup winning um back row starting since the world cup yeah yeah and the last one was in the last game against the all Blacks. so yeah it's a, yeah. it's quite a thing it's good to good to get them back um okay so we're going to move on to the to the halfback so fuff the clacks back after a, quite a bad head knock 
Andre Pollard at 10 in, in form at the moment. And then on the bench, we've got Jaden Hendrickson, Elton Yanchis. Um, uh, I think the, the biggest thing to talk about would probably be Elton Yanchis. Um, your thoughts on him and, and how much time you expect him to get? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm not actually sure. the The backline replacements are always a bit more difficult to to predict with sharks. Um, so we might see Elton come on as early as halftime, or he might not get on at all. And I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, but I, I, I do sort of see him coming on for possibly Damian Darlander, and we move Andre into the center again, so we can get another look at that combination i mean it served mm-hmm. us quite well last year as well uh, in the in australia as well wasn't it um when i can't remember the, when we beat the all blacks yeah. Yeah, yeah so um yeah him and france uh both had big games in the last test match against the all blacks in australia so hopefully they can do the same against the wallabies and i think it gives us quite a nice um quite a nice balance on the bench um even if one of them don't come on. Um, but yeah, I, mm. I, exp- uh, I, I'm glad to see Alton back. Um, it's difficult to, uh, come back straight into your first test match and you're playing against Wales starting and yeah, yeah, he had a bit of a mare, but yeah, I, I, I'll back him to, to overcome that and, uh, get back on form. Mm. So, yeah. So I, the one thing that I, when I look at, 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 500, Jaden and Elton, I look at that and I can just, all I can see is just amazing kicking options. So if Fuff, we, we never got a chance to see him in his kicking game because that was the thing that we always worried about was, is his kicking accurate? So we've got an option with Jaden on the bench uh, if we need to make mm. an early call. If Fuff is working, it's fine. Andre Pollard currently is on form kicking wise. Um, he's only missed touch once in, in three games, which is, which is unheard of. But Twice. he's kicking but yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there we go. Um, but his yeah, kicking for uh, poles has been score. good. Yeah, no, he, it's, it's a norm. It's a norm for him. One thing I will say, he's, he's looking to spread the ball, even though the pass is still a little bit wobbly sometimes. He's doing better. So he's definitely gaining more confidence. I think with, with Yanchis, you know, the thing is, I was surprised that we didn't see more of him after the Wales game because the Springbok coaches for a long time have always been like that, where you like, cool, you had a bad game. We're still going to keep, keep you going but they obviously had a few things to work on and stuff like that people writing him off uh, also frustrates me he is our second choice 10 he's a completely different player to yeah. Pollard he's was still and I don't doubt it for a second our best attacking 10 we have there there is no better attacking 10 um in 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 South Africa at the moment he's one of the best in the world but you know when it comes to test rugby when we're struggling a little bit that's what we did against Wales it was our first test match of the season, South Africa, the Springboks always struggle. Um, so I thought, I thought starting Yanchi's then was, was a little bit tough, but there were reasons because Pollard came a little bit late, but I have no problems it, with that. I think we're going to see, we're going to see the guys have minutes and whether Pollard's at 12 or Pollard and Elton are, are swapped, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Well, you could also find that, uh, the Springboks felt that he wasn't quite, um, as match fit as they would have liked yes. and they would have liked him to get a bit more um a bit more mileage in his legs and uh yeah i see jacques saying they're trying to get their uh training sessions as close to test match uh, level as possible so maybe they've uh, got that right and alton is looking a lot more sharper and that's why he's getting those opportunities so so yeah, it could just be a, a fitness um, kind of thing. And yeah, he, obviously players need to play their way back into form. And I, th- I think this is a good opportunity for him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we must also remember uh, our bomb squad um, or the, the, our replacements are also there to give something different. Um, Marks and Bongi, we constantly bang on about how they are very different players. And you bang on when you say that Hondra and Alton are exactly the same they they completely different um mm. players in their own right and bringing alton off of the bench in a 5-3 could be a, a another way of looking at how we use our replacements yeah yeah okay midfield um the tried and tested the best midfield pairing in the world so damien delendi and lucania um we're not going to dive too deep into it jared i'm actually going to skip straight on because i know we could talk for another hour on that 
but yeah, nothing expect, yeah. uh, nothing unexpected there and looking forward to seeing more of it. Our back three, we've got Makazoloma Pimpi and Damien Willems. Uh, Makazolo on the left, then we've got Damien Willems at 15, which is what we expected. And the big question was who we're going to put at 14 um, because there was always going to be a new 14 no matter what the situation was. Cannon Moody is traveling with the guys, but they've gone with Warwick Galant. And I just thought that after the URC form that Galant showed, he didn't really perform in the Springbok jersey when he got his recall and came back from injury. So I'm looking forward to seeing him try again. And he's come out and said a couple of great things in the media. And I really have no issue with that, with that back three. I mean, we're either going to go with the guy on debut or we're going to be picking Galant. That's essentially the way we look at it. Otherwise, you can move Willemse in or whatever. But you know, there's a lot happening there. And then we've got France stand on the bench. But your thoughts on the back three? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's uh, the best out of the options that we had. I think moving Lucanio to 14 was um, it wouldn't have been a great uh, choice at all um, because that would have been very disruptive to our midfield. Because then what you bring in, uh, we don't have Jesse to play 13, so you would have been looking at Andre to play 12 or France to play 12 and moving the Islander to 13. And I think uh, the Islander's performances have dipped somewhat just purely based on the fact that he's had to play 13 more than 12 and he's done a decent job there but he hasn't been he hasn't been as impi- uh, impactful as he as he can be so I, I'm excited for Warwick uh, I felt bad for him in that second test against um, Wales because I think he was doing a lot of um, good things and he just he wasn't getting um, the same reaction out of the rest of the back line. They weren't quite in sync with them. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think with um, having Willem say in the back three with him works well. Um, so yeah, I, I, overall, I think it's it's the best option that we could have gone for. And um, yeah, like I said earlier, when we spoke about Corumbetti, that uh, having Willem uh, defend him will give us a lot of answers of whether he is a... Um, an Galant. option further down the line at 14. Yeah, Galant as an option at yeah. 14 yeah. for us further down the line. Yeah, I just want to touch on something with what you said about Delendi at 13. Uh, also, I'm very surprised. Um, I never really saw him as a 13. He, made his, he played his first two tests at 13, but he's obviously cemented himself as a 12. But I don't think there's anyone on earth that you could – take Lucanio I'm away and put them in a 13 and you could turn around and go, shit, they actually had a good game. <laughs> That's kind of how spoiled we are at the moment. So, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm a firm believer. I'll rewatch the game against the, the All Blacks, the second one. And we, as a whole, defended poorly. And it wasn't because, like the guys are trying to pin it on Damien Delaney. He's not as aggressive uh, defending at 13 because, I mean, it's not his position. So, he, he plugs the holes and does his job, but he wasn't as aggressive as Lukanya Am was in the first test. And I think everyone was expecting that, and it's really hard to, to replicate that. There's a, a lot more that goes to it. But all in yeah. all, Jared, yeah. the, this starting 15 is, you know, with Ville Leroux not making it, um, you reckon we, we're having a look at France to see what his fitness is like, or is he, have they just said, listen, Ville, we're super happy, you know, you just need to take a break, like everything's fine, do you? Expect this team to kind of hold its general shape um, moving into the second test. You reckon we'll see more changes? Um, and your thoughts on the on the match day twenty three? I I think we could see some changes. Um, I'm I'm not um, too sure where about we will see that. I think we might get Vili back in, but I think they've um, seen that Vili can um, come onto the pitch and. Um, in the second half or whenever is required of him and sort of dictate play and attack our uh, control our attacking structures. And I think they want to see if Alton can get the same results if he's um, required to do that. And yep, it's always nice to have Francois staying on the, on the bench. Um, I mean, I think it was that Wales game last, last November, we had an absolute cracker coming off of the bench and uh, I against New Zealand he did the same so I, I think he adds massive value for us um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a drop goal I've put it out on Twitter quite a few times so overall I, I think we've we've selected a very strong team I think we've selected a team that's more than capable of um, defeating the Wallabies um, and we've selected another team that's going to give us answers and um, I, I think that's a very big role that 
this year is playing and that's why we're trying to get all those extra games in is that Shark and Rassi they want answers on certain players and yeah they just maybe not getting them as quickly as they want to so I think uh, a lot of these changes have been forced to get answers yeah yeah um okay so let's go down um while we we kind of wrap it up a little bit so I want you to give me or us a one or two places in the game where South Africa really need to tighten up or where you reckon the Wallabies are going to attack us? Like, where do you see this game happening? And then you need to give us your prediction. Uh, the two places where I think the Wallabies will attack us is, um, I think they'll come after our scrum again. Um, I, they've got Beatrice uh, Duplessis there running their um, scrum, so I think they will try to attack us there again and come up with a few tricks as they did last year. Um, and then I think the other area is um, they'll try they'll try and unlock our midfield again as they did last year as well. So I think it will be a lot of the same from last year. Um, I don't think they will be able to stop our mall as well as the other teams have um, so far this year. But I think they will be concentrating on um, the scrums and um, trying to unlock our, our midfield defense. So, yeah. Um, as far as the prediction goes, I'm going to say the box by about five. Um, I think it will be a one-score game, and I think the box are going to take it. And you, Sean, I'll throw the same question back at you. <laughs> same two questions. Okay, so I, I, think, I do think that they, uh, the Wallabies have clearly named a side that is going to be competitive uh, up front, and I think their whole game hinges on that. I think they also are looking for um, the same result in the midfield, um, which they had last year. I, 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 and I know you've, I'm basically repeating what you said, but that's for me where, where I see. I think also their, their lock pairing is going to be quite interesting. I think that they're going to be very, very disruptive for us. Um, but that's, the, uh, that's where I think that, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, carry on. Uh, um, so that's where I think that they're going to go. I'm looking forward to seeing their loose trio. Um, they're going to want to, they, um, a lot of sides and a lot of fans seem to think that we don't have a fetcher and therefore we are not competitive at the breakdown. So I think they're going to try and do it. Remember that, that, that Michael Hooper has been very prevalent in, in games against the Springboks um, and most people, but a lot against us where he's always, I mean, he's always cooking. So they're going to look to try and replace and sort that out. And I think that they're actually going to come unstuck there. I think we are going to, our loose trio is really going to do well. Um, my mm. prediction is, um, is number one, all the players that everyone is moaning about and even Damien Delendi, because I've noticed there's a lot of people umming and eyeing about him for some reason, all those players are going to basically give the two-fingered salute uh, to all their doubters <laughs> this weekend. I think they're all going to um, really do well. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't see Dweber having like a dominating game, but I think he's going to tighten up in a lot of spaces, go back to the basics. He's probably going to pull for a couple of balls for us. I think Alustria is going to do well. I think Dwayne's going to be a little bit more settled and allow us defensively to do well. He'll also make one or two things. The only question I have is Fuff the Clack. I just hope he's kicking as well and I hope he's fit enough. Um, and yeah, and Alton Yanchi is going to come on and, 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 and win the game. If you say it's a one-score game, uh, Yanchi is your man. So... Um, yeah, I'm, Spain. I'm hoping for a drop goal Sean come on a France Stein drop goal from 60 meters out uh, uh, that, would, that would make my day <laughs> uh, we, we're in a great space at the moment and then yes I, I'm going to echo I, I think we are going to win and I'm going to go far and I'm going to say we are beating the Wallabies 2-0 in the next two weeks um, and uh, I, I don't I don't doubt that I think the tide's going to turn we're going we're gonna to take a double wave but this week we'll focus on this week and we'll, we'll sort that. We'll get it done. I think um, Delendi and Am have been working closer together. Am's been giving him some help in, in certain positions and Am's probably been helping Galant, probably been helping Mapimpi. He's probably been helping Ox with scrumming. You never know. Like that guy can do everything. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm flipping amped. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm keen as well. Hey, I'm very, very keen. Um, I, I just wanted to add something uh, quickly on why I think our lineouts will, uh, our driving more will be so effective is I, I really think Australia are going to be throwing bodies up in the lineouts. Um, if, if you look at the makeup of their team, yeah. Arnold, Philip, Holloway, and then you've got Swain and Luata on the bench. Even Pete Sam is quite uh, effective uh, at, at the lineouts. I think they going to be throwing guys up as as much as they can and if we can get those dots into Lewitt's hands or into Yemen's hands or into Dwayne's hands it's it's going to be tickets for Australia I don't think they can stop our more um uh, legally I don't think they can stop our more and mm-hmm. then they'll throw Darcy on to do it illegally when they when they go uh in the latter parts of the game there we go. There we go. Well, there you have it, Jared. Thank you so much for um for for joining us. Um, it was it was great to hear from you again. Hopefully, we'll get some more of you. Um, now that you're staying in Mud Island, and yeah, here's um here's to Australia versus South Africa from Adelaide. Um, massive game. Uh, everyone's pretty pumped. I think we're most most people are are, are pretty amped to go and think we can get the win. So, yeah, that's it from uh, Rugby Bits podcast um brought to you by beto Sierra today this has been a nice bonus pod and um please uh please subscribe and uh, rate us on your platforms and we look forward to chatting to you on monday have a great weekend and public service announcement do not forget if you're in south africa the game kicks off at 7 30 in the morning have a great one, Jared. Yeah, thank you very much. Six thirty yeah. if you're in the UK. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Here we go. Oh, great, okay, great chat, man. Cheers. Okay, ciao, boy.